You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. I feel like I accidentally went a long way then just to extend the applause, which is quite nice actually. Um, so, starting this story was, all, was the bit that I was tripping about most in my head, but um, I think we can all relate to those situations in life where the rare situations where simultaneously you're in a situation and you want to laugh and cry at the same time, but there's also somebody involved that you want to both hug and punch in the face at the same time. <laughs> this, is, this is my story, but it involves a Buddhist monk. <laughs> Which is a little bit controversial. I didn't actually punch anyone. I should probably like just put that out there first. So um, I was actually asked if this story was uh, literal or, met- or metaphorical, and it's actually both. So um, just to set the scene, maybe like fifteen, nearly no, nearly twenty years ago, I had a bit of a life-changing experience, which isn't not telling it is also sort of part of the story that I am telling. Um, if that makes any sense. It didn't to me as I said it out loud. Um, but I had a bit of a life-changing experience. And, um, and from that experience, when I was about 15, I, I started to develop quite a severe case of agoraphobia. Um, and I had been fighting and dealing and coming to terms with this idea of some t- that sometimes for weeks, occasionally when I was young, months on end, I didn't want to go outside whatsoever. So uh, don't worry, this isn't all like really deep like emotional shit, I promise. Um, so during that, during those few years, particularly in the early days, I tried to find as many ways as I could to, um, what I thought was like dealing with it or accepting it or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if my folks turned up yet, so I'm not gonna tell you everything that I got involved in in order to try and forget that. But it, like at one point I was having daily freezing cold baths in the morning just to try and like stop myself from tripping so much about the stuff that was going on and the stuff that I was creating in my mind to fear that was outside basically. Um, I grew up in the area, I ended up moving to Devon and, and going to university, went to an art college, yeah. <laughs> an art college in Devon that was very like free and um, naked all the time. <laughs> And, and it really helped. Like, I always searched out like safe spaces to attend and to be around that I could sign in. But I noticed this thing where like, after a while, I would settle and then my mind would start telling me rubbish stories again. And all of a sudden, I'm finding myself inside going, outside's a bit scary, isn't it? I'd rather stay in here. So I started developing all these different ways and, and, and sort of finishing setting the scene now. Basically, I, had, I lost my shit. I had a massive breakdown because of it all and decided to m- leave the country and start traveling. Yay, you've got agoraphobia. You don't like going outside. So you're going to travel the world like a dickhead. <laughs> Great idea. So um, that took me like to France where I like did some chalet, like I ran some chalets. And, and, and basically from that experience, I ended up in New Zealand. And um, this is where the story starts. 
Um, so I ended up, and obviously, you can probably imagine that, um, that, that in this process, it becomes quite a spiritual journey. Um, you start thinking and looking at yourself a lot. You start assessing and sort of trying to sort of deal with your everyday stuff. And, and, and you say, oh, no, I've spent a lot of time on my own in, in, inside. I didn't have much else to do other than read and try and avoid my own thoughts at times. So I started developing, and one of these things became yoga and meditation and these amazing things. And in the process, whilst I was living in New Zealand for a little bit, um, I became a yoga teacher. And uh, I would teach in a beautiful little uh, studio uh, high up in the, in the Kiwi bush that overlooked, overlooked Wellington Bay. And I also lived in the same area. Close by, there was a Buddhist monastery. So I used to go to that sometimes for weekends. So I'm slowly tying this all together, I know, right? Um, so I used to go there sometimes for weekends. Just you'd be able to walk around, just chill out. You can like have a feed there if you help cook. And it was really beautiful, as you can expect. Um, but one of, the, one of the monks would also come to some of my yoga classes sometimes, and that's how we met. So we became friends, and we started sort of chatting and hanging. Not like all the time, but sometimes she would come to. She, I didn't tell you that she, it was a she. I definitely didn't ever punch a Buddhist monk who was a she or a he. <laughs> Can I just say? So, so that's it. I'm really sorry. Um, she, so she would come, and we would hang out. And then so there was this time when my, my agoraphobia was getting quite intense again. So a lot of my thoughts were cracking on, and I was, I was probably using my own yoga classes as a way of trying to deal with this stuff. And uh, she came to one of these classes, and we went down to, um, went down to the beach, and there was a little cafe that, um, that, that we used to go to to have some tea and chill out and have a chat. And we would, have, and we would talk about general things and jibber-jabber and talk about normal stuff, but we would also talk about the shit that was going on, her stuff as well as mine. Um, and this one point, at one, this one time at band camp, oh, just, this one time, she, um, she stopped. I was talking about my agoraphobia and how much it was affecting me. And um, she stopped me and she said, right, let, let's just go to the beach a minute. And it was literally across the road. So we crossed the road to the beach and there was like loads of sort of driftwood. And there were a couple of like, I had like a little meditation log that wasn't my meditation. Like, I didn't own it, but it was there and it was perfect for sitting on. So we sat by that. And I was like, oh, this is nice. We're just continuing this conversation on the beach. It's like, you know, it's a bit, a bit idyllic. And then she said, and we were chatting, and then she said, go and grab me a stick. And I was like, huh? She said, just go and grab me a stick, like one of the sticks. And I was like, like a dog? Or, you know, like, you want me to fetch a, a stick? She was like, yeah, yeah, one that you would throw a dog. And I was like, okay. So I sort of trundled off thinking, is going on here like like it's weird enough as it was anyway that I was just hanging on a beach with a Buddhist monk after a yoga class drinking tea talking about all sorts of rubbish that she went me grab I grabbed a stick so I grabbed a stick and um sat back down with her like tail wagging like what do I do now and she gave me her car keys and she said you laugh at the fact she had a car <laughs> I didn't really think that was a funny part of the story but she had a car it was like a Ferrari no it wasn't um, and she, um, she gave me her car key, not for her car, but we were discussing, we'd been discussing my agoraphobia, and she was like, what word right now represents mostly what you're thinking about and what you're, what's going on in your mind? And I was like, ah, I don't know, like, I've just fetched a stick, and now I've got to think about other things, and I was like, fear, like, I'm shit scared of everything right now, and she went, there, there's your word. She went, scrape it into the stick. So I was like, really? We're sitting there, and I'm like, with these bloody car keys. I'm like, you're not gonna be able to get in your car after this, by the way. And I'm scraping in the word fear into this stick that I might throw a dog. And I was like, cool, like, what now? And she was like, just hold it up in the air. 
So I held it up in the air, just like literally as I am now, minus the stick. And I'm like, what now? And she went, my daughter is like loving writing at the moment. You do writing, don't you? And I was like, hang on, what? She was like, yeah, do you, you know, would you be interested in like maybe hanging out? And I'm still here with this stick in my hand. I'm not going to hold my stick hand in the air this long, by the way. And basically, she started just talking about normal things. Like, she started talking about her daughter wanting to help with her poetry. She started talking about stuff that was going on with her mother at the moment who had just moved back into her house because she was a little bit unwell. And I'm here listening and answering with this stick in the air, thinking, half listening and also thinking, really? And after, like, I don't know, what probably was about a minute, but felt about, like, five, she was like, you okay? And I was like, mm, yeah, just don't really know why I've got a stick in my hand. What am I doing? She ignored it completely, carried on talking about yoga, about the, the monastery. She was, like, talking about arranging a weekend where we're going to hang out at the monastery and blah, 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 blah. And after, what, like, another three minutes, probably only 30 seconds, I was still standing here, with, sitting here with a stick in my hand, and she was like, how are you, are you all right? And I was like can I be honest? And she said, no. I said, I'm freaking pissed off right now. Why am I sitting here with a stupid stick in my hand whilst we're talking about shit? And she went, just let it go then. And I was like, what? She went, just let it go. I didn't tell you to keep holding it in the air, did I? And I was like, um, tears, punching. Thing. She was like, you're the only one holding on to this shit, not anybody else. She said, all you have to do is let it go. And I was like, damn, I want to hug you and cry and laugh, but I also really want to hurt you, but I'm obviously not going to because I didn't actually want to. And um, that moment was genuinely a life-changing moment for me because I'd been dealing with this shit at the time for like 10, 10 years that I'd been holding on to this stuff that I didn't really understand until that very moment that only I could let go of. And it blew my mind. And um, still to this day, I tell that story sometimes in yoga classes. And still to this day, there are times when I imagine myself writing a, writing a word on a stick and just freaking throwing it into the ocean or throwing it into, you know, not long ago I was in India and I stood on the top of this, on the, on the cliff face and open this beautiful forest with this stick in my hand. And I just went, you know, the thoughts came back about 10 minutes later and I just threw another one. But <laughs> it was a beautiful experience. It was a beautiful experience where it taught me that basically we hold on to our own shit, so therefore we're the only ones that can let it go. And that's my story. Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich. <laughs>